Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Weekend editions here. It's Hale Bar City Radio. We are at the bar, the bar, 16th and P, noon to 2. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach in route. The pride of Fairbury is Bill Dolman. Elijah Herbal back in studio. It's a bookend for you on this Nebraska-Michigan Saturday as we're here for pregame at the bar, the bar, 16th and P. Seth and Greg, big thanks to heaven them having us out and then real red reaction follows immediately after nebraska michigan there's all sorts of folks lincolnites and those in red from beyond that are here in line for the world famous slinky maybe for just a budweiser uh, or a, a glass of water because it is a chilly 90 degrees outside uh we want to thank our friends at sauter Heyman for powering our road trip and guys, it should be a, an electric ball game. I think the crowd, as we've gone from Monday to today, kickoff looming, I think there's a little bit more excitement. There's also some worry and trepidation. That, that has also grown, but it does feel, it's starting to feel, finally now Saturday, like it's a big game day in Lincoln. It is pretty remarkable downtown, the scene. There, there are folks everywhere. You see a lot of people from Ann Arbor and, the, and Michigan fans in their maize and blue. It, 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 this really does feel much different than the last two weeks. You know, there's always an excitement when Nebraska kicks off the, the season at home. That first game is great. But this has a bit of a buzz that I don't think you're right, Chris. I don't think it was, it's really been palpable until, uh, until today. And it's pretty exciting downtown. I think people with the weather the way it is, yeah, it's hot. But they're enjoying a nice October uh, day in Lincoln. So that's kind of fun. The, the one thing that, that does worry me a little bit, the fact that, that it, this is a road game for Michigan, is sometimes teams get up for their first road trip of the year because they're all together, one for all, that kind of thing. So that might actually play in the favor of the Wolverines to be in an atmosphere like this. It's a, it's a winning day here at the bar. I tell you what, the... Uh Drinks are flowing. There's high fives being had. There's some Lazari's pizza off yeah, to Yeah, Lazari's left. pizza. Yes. Where's and, Portnoy? Uh, he, uh, if he knew what was good for him, he'd be right here having yeah. a slice. So uh, it is all about Nebraska, Michigan today, 489-1240. If you're on your way to the game, want to chime in, welcome to do it. You can also say what's up as uh, we are here at the bar, 16th and P. Uh, till 2 o'clock today. The stream yard is open. can stream the show. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio. Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Elijah, you recovered, brother. You, uh, you you had a good time last night rock and rolling 
some high school football, and uh, you, you turn around, you bounce up, and oh yeah, it's Nebraska, Michigan, my friend, and you've got your red on. You uh, you have your ticket in hand. It sounds like yeah, they're going to be watching the game from the 200 level on that east side today. So I've uh, I've heard a lot about the seatbacks. I'll give you guys a an honest <laughs> review of what it's like to watch a game at Memorial Stadium with seatbacks following the game. So looking forward to that. Also, we've got Tottenham Liverpool on TV right now, so that's good. Tottenham took a one nothing lead. People who know me know I'm a big Spurs guy. I know today is not about soccer. I am still pretty happy about that. And then overall, uh, I mean, it's the opportunity that awaits. I know we were a bit down yesterday on Nebraska's chances. I still feel that way. It's a real uphill battle for Nebraska to go get a win today. But at the end of the day, it's about opportunity, and you're going to get opportunities in this conference in the Big Ten. You have a big one today with number two in the nation coming to town. Well, let's start there. What what do you think Nebraska gets out of the game today? What is the, the pro? What is the con? And what is the reality here, not just for next Friday or Northwestern or Purdue, but today is, it sounds boring to say, but it is a learning experience for Nebraska just to kind of see where they're at on the national stage and scale of a, of a college football playoff team, but also where they where are they at in, in, the, in the grand scheme of, of, of Big Ten football. Now, Wisconsin... Uh, is kind of like Nebraska where they're they're getting better each game. Uh, they had their misstep at Washington State, who's turned out to be a really good football team. Uh, so Wisconsin's still kind of there. Iowa right now, I mean, they're looking their wounds off of being shut out. As bad as we make fun of Iowa's offense, they're still winning eight, nine, ten ball games a year. They were shut out, so Iowa's not in a great spot. And, and you know, you don't want to fall to 0-2, if you're Nebraska in Big Ten play, uh, it's a tall task to even your record at 500 today. But I think there's a lot you can learn about this Nebraska football team. You preach physicality. You've shown physicality. Now you get a match up with the gold standard of physicality for four quarters today. I, I think this is a game of four reels, okay? The Nebraska defense has gotten a lot of praise over the last four weeks, and justifiably so. But... Today is the day. Is this black shirt defense legitimately legitimately black shirt quality worthy? And is it for real against a, uh, a, a, a physical running football team in Michigan? So that's one. The other is Heinrich Harburg. Is he for real as, I'm not going to say as an elite quarterback, but as a good power five major conference starting quarterback? Is he for real in that regard? And can Nebraska utilize the option in this transition period from the last decade? Mm -hmm. But can the option be utilized as a for-real weapon the rest of this season as Matt Rule and company uh, get the players that they need to do whatever it is that they want to do? But it does appear as though Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield and E.J. Barthel and Ron Brown, they are embracing the value that the option brings to a Nebraska football team. Because you go back when Bill Callahan took over in the four-year case of the flu, all right? It was <laughs> it was jamming round peg, you know, square peg, round hole. We are going to do this West Coast stuff and all this motion, and we're going to do it be damned. And forget the past, forget the option. They didn't do any of that stuff. Mike Riley didn't do any of that stuff. Bo Pelini, I think, embraced it a little bit, you know, because he had Ron around. 
but for the most part, there has not been the utilization of what made Nebraska so dominant for so long. At least you see Matt Rule saying, you know what, that might be best for us right now. We will implement it, and we will use it, and we will transition and not just jam things through. So is that option for real for Nebraska for the remainder of the season and in the transition? And another question with that is, is you've heard a lot about how the option, why it doesn't work as a, as a main thing to go to in modern college football. Defenses are faster. They flow to the ball faster. Uh, we're going to see how well Michigan's defense is at stopping the option day. I guarantee they've been preparing for it all week long. One thing Louisiana Tech did was they never took the quarterback on the option. They were always waiting for that pitch, and that pitch never came, and Heiner Carber bust off three long runs on the option. I know one was called back due to holding, but we'll see if Michigan takes the quarterback and, and how much more willing Nebraska is to run that option whenever you know you're putting your quarterback into the line of fire because that's generally your option rules for a defense. The first man on the outside line of scrimmage takes the immediate threat. That's the quarterback. Take that quarterback, and then you have your linebackers scraping over the top and getting the running back. That's kind of the argument for why the option doesn't work is because linebackers have gotten smaller and faster in college football in recent years. They're better able to scrape over and get to that running back. We're going to kind of get that proof of concept today because I have a feeling Michigan is going to be well-versed in their option rule state. They're going to be ready for it. They're going to be taking that quarterback because I also feel like Nebraska is going to run it early and often that option with the success they had last week. We'll see how well-prepared Michigan is for it, and realistically is what people been, have been saying for years about defenses being faster, quicker to the ball. Is that actually a, an effective way to stop the option? We're going to find out today because I, I do really feel like, as you said, Bill, that Nebraska found like they found something last week with that option offense, and I think they're going to go back to it today. You know, we also get a chance to see what, what Nebraska believes in offensively, not just the option, but what are some other pet plays? What's their bread? What's their butter? What's their go-to? And it's been that power football. It's been that right side of the line. It's been Poland Piper. Guys, you look at players that have been injured, that, that get kind of built back up. And it's a situation where Nebraska has a guy in Teddy Prohaska that we're, we're, in, we're, we're interested in seeing where just where he's at. Where is, is Teddy P going to be? What can he do today from a snap count standpoint? Is he somebody that can come in and stabilize that offensive line beyond some unbalanced line looks? And I know we've talked about it the last two weeks, but is this when he makes his triumphant return for more than just a role today on offense? Is he a guy that can anchor that left side, bring some balance to the line, and quite frankly bring some protection when there is the opportunity at some play-action pass, because Nebraska's going to have to hit a couple of plays downfield beyond 40 yards, you'd think. They need a big play. They need the big play in the option. They need the big play from the running game. They need the big play from the tight end or a wide receiver to get down so you're not just one-dimensional on offense and it's three and out, three and out, three and out, no matter what your uh, special teams may give you. And Elijah's either telling me to hang 10 or we have a special guest on the phone. Uh, let's uh, welcome in. He's imaginary. He wears red. And he has a working phone today that didn't work yesterday. Uh, the infamous Clausburn is on to make his Nebraska and Michigan prediction. Claus, thanks for, well, for, for posting bail and thanks for jumping on today. How are you? 
Well, I'm, I'm doing all right. I do want to apologize to you and all the all the listeners uh, that you have <laughs> for not being able to be on the program yesterday. My phone was actually stolen, and uh, I, I actually I, I think I've got a couple of suspects. They are Lloyd Carr and Charles Woodson. Of course, <laughs> Charles stole Peyton Manning's Heisman Trophy, and Lloyd Carr stole our AP <laughs> National Championship. And, of course, once you get a... Uh, taste for stealing, why that, that taste never quite leaves. So <laughs> that, that's what I suspect happened, but of course we'll leave that to the authorities. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm sorry there was theft at the, the Clausborn compound, uh, and you're blaming Lloyd Carr and Charles Woodson. Well, well played, Claus. You've had uh, plenty of time to analyze this thing. How are you feeling, good sir, uh, about Nebraska-Michigan? Well, obviously Michigan's a pretty good football team, and we've had our struggles this year. But, of course, Michigan's had their struggles as well. Of course, uh, Jim Harbaugh had to miss four games. I'm not really 100% sure why. Maybe he got an NIL deal for some khakis that people weren't quite aware of, and he had to serve some suspensions. I'm not really sure, but... I feel like Nebraska <clears throat> playing at home and being able to play a little bit more ball control offense as we saw last week. Maybe we got a shot at this one. <clears throat> if we can hang on to the football, control the pace of the game, I think Nebraska can pull off the ups at 31 and Michigan 28. Claus is saying not only does Nebraska pull the upset but they score 30 points plus in Big Ten play. Which would be an upset in its own right. That is. <laughs> Claus, I, I may I have had a little bit to drink searching for my phone last night. <laughs> I can't really. <laughs> so, well, that can't is, really that, confirm or deny at this point. Claus, that is what we're looking for from you, the analysis, the optimism. And, and you're it. You're, you're the one that's picked you and Dolman picked Nebraska to, to prevail today. Well, Bill has always been a relatively smart fella. As you well know, he made some great hires uh, in his radio <laughs> career. So I think we probably ought to listen to Bill and, and go with whatever it is he says. Yeah, seven, Nebraska by 78. Yeah, Bill said it's, it's, a, it's a monster cover <laughs> uh, by, by Nebraska. Claus, well, I don't know what version of EA's NCAA football you used to simulate and get that bill, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Claus, enjoy your Saturday, bud. Thank you so much. Okay. There he goes. Claus, uh, Claus Byrne. He's imaginary. He wears red. We're here at the bar, the bar, 1644 P Street, weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Mr. Cranach has made his way in. The Iron Horse Gary Sharp is here as well, and we're powered on the road by your friends at Sauter Heyman. What do you think of that, Elijah, Bill, that Claus not only six says uh, Nebraska, but 31's the number? That's something, I tell you what. <laughs> it, it's so funny to see the dichotomy of yesterday, Connor Clark is asking, will Nebraska even put up any points tomorrow? And then uh, we have Claus coming in saying, well, it's, yes, they are. It's going to be 31 points. That's something. And I believe the Nebraska number today is nine and a half uh, as of this this morning. The team total, nine and yeah. A half. Team total, wow. Yeah, not Nebraska, not, you know, plus or minus nine, but 
Yeah, Nebraska's team total, nine and a half. If we're going to do uh, predictions, you know, because we didn't get to Klaus yesterday, I'd like to say I like Oregon State over Utah, and I'd like uh, I like USC jumping out to a big early lead over Colorado. Is that still? Is it now twenty-one nothing? Twenty-seven to seven. Twenty-seven USC. to seven. So the Buffs did score. The Buffs did uh, get in, but it's uh, all sorts of USC today. Right. We'll get things situated. The quick timeout will continue on. Weekend edition here. Hail Varsity Radio at the bar, 1644 P Street. We'll dive in. More thoughts on Nebraska and Michigan here at the bar. And our road trip powered by your friends at Sauter Heyman. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you here, pregame weekend edition, Hail Varsity at the bar, 16th and P. Chris Schmidt, Mark Raynak. We got some the, new bumper music happening there. The Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, is in. Sounds like it. We're is that st- new, Elijah? We're staring it's at It's a couple the- weeks old. I, I think I threw that in the week before Minnesota. I finally got that made. So. I was kind of feeling it. Kind we, of feeling it. We uh, are next to the Wall of Fame here at the bar, the bar. All sorts of famous pictures. I think Danny Burke is up here. I think Elijah Herbal's up here. I am not. I am not. I You're wish not. I was. No. Nope. And I think I'm. I'm right below the Cubs W flag, just across the way, caddy corner from the bar here at the bar. Our friends at Sauter Heyman helping power the road show. Big thanks to them. And Sharpie, we were talking with uh, Mr. Dolman here last segment to get things kicked off. Cranach, good to see you, by the way. You had good to, to be here. You had to hustle on in. I did. Man, traffic was serious. Like, so all the talk yeah. this week about how uh, there's not a lot of buzz for this game, I think it was just more people kind of know what's going to happen. But in terms of, like, volume of human beings coming to this game yeah. from Omaha, it's, it's so, serious. So like, I left. It's a, uh, it's a big game atmosphere for you sure. Know, Mark and I are both in Omaha. So driving down here, I was on the road 10 a.m., and all three lanes were flowing right along. Yeah. So I, I agree. There hasn't been a lot of buzz because we've been through this before, and you know you kind of, uh oh. But I think once you get to kick off at two thirty, the place will be rocking. It's Nebraska, Michigan. It's two of eight teams that have won nine hundred games in college football. It's a good helmet game. Can we just observe real quick that Gary has got the sunglasses on inside? Hey, I'm and telling so I you, think we should, it is I already. Think, hey. I think we should join them. So We're not just, just, leave just the a little background like here. There's yeah. a glare. Um, you want us to all just go? Coach yeah, Prime let's just right do it. Uh, the yeah. the, you bring your the GF son is in Fisai, so it's parents' weekend. Okay. So I've been here for a little bit. <laughs> okay. They they treat parents' weekend really well. I'm glad that you guys are wearing Dion's blenders. No, no, these are very much on brand. These are actually black flies. I'll send you a link later. Yeah, you got a little stake in that company? Uh, no, Not but yet. I would like to. But hey, they're that quality. But this is kind of cool. Like you know, I mean, where we're located here at the bar, and it's starting to fill up. But all around town, like Mark was alluding to, there are a lot of Nebraska fans that are out. There's a lot of Michigan fans in town. But it's not like the angst of I hate you. You know, it's no. kind of like if this is this is great for college football. I mean, this is an iconic, two iconic brands that are playing today. Yeah. And, and I don't know, do we say on any given Saturday or do you say just just keep the Saturday as engaged as possible, long as long as possible? I, I, I think if you're going to – how do you bet, right? Do you bet with your heart? Do you bet with your head? You stay the hell away from Well, I think – I actually think both of those are the same because I, I, I think – you know what they're up against. Yep. And, and Michigan, I've asked the question all week, and, and kind of to start with all three of you, is 
How long does it take for Michigan to be Michigan and do what Michigan does? And that's just squeeze the life out of a game, and they take over, and you might be down 7-10, to 10, but it feels like you're down three touchdowns. How long does that take? Because remember, Bowling Green and Rutgers were both down just to score at halftime. Yeah. Even though it didn't feel like Rutgers last weekend was like had a fighting chance, they were still in it when they went to, into the locker room. Yeah. It's 10 to 7, and, and Rutgers had a chance to have the lead yeah. going into halftime. But that's just it. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't feel proportional with Michigan because no, of what no. they do and how well they do it. And Nebraska, fellas, has preached physicality, toughness, and you've seen that. As yep. they want to be the emergent team, the the, the, the toughest guy in the bar standing yep, yep. in the fourth quarter. Well, Michigan's great at that. They've perfected it. It's been a exactly. nine-year process, and, and it is a timeline ball game today. At what point does Michigan kind of get on track? Does Nebraska keep them from getting on track? And I, I've, I've played a bunch of scenarios out in my head. And, and I, you look at the percentages, right? It's 2% chance Nebraska wins this. Well, how does that happen? You want to talk about long shot odds. You need a defensive score. You need Probably. a special team score. Probably. And then you also need... To avoid three and outs. And some yeah, start special, stacking three and outs. Maybe some a trick play. They have to do something like just they've fumble be, the ball they, away they, on the they've 10. They've got to be like Billy Sims bad nine fumbles today. Yeah, it's... Look, the, the odds are stacked against Nebraska, and what, what I find interesting is just how similar I think that Coach Rule wants to play ball, just just like Coach Harbaugh does. They're real similar, I think, probably with the wrinkle of the option. And what makes Michigan so deadly today is that, yeah, they, they try to establish the ground game. They're not great at it, but they're good, and they're committed to it. But then it's when... It's when the they, they go to the passing game and it is just lethal. Yeah. yeah, I mean it is. You're talking near nearly eighty percent completion. Well, and then JJ like, McCarthy, who I man, I I worry he's about good. his legs because his legs have come into the equation, but he's also a play action monster. When they run play action, when you don't win first and second down, and they run play action, he's at ninety four percent, guys, yep. Yep. and his average attempt on a target is 20 yards so they're they're beating you a lot of different ways they're not the sexy person i mean they just they just go out and they squeeze the life out of games and it and actually the clock changing where it continues to run after first downs has benefited michigan because they have the fewest in fbs plays per game snaps just offensive defense 111 snaps now nebraska isn't very far behind only Nebraska has 48% of their snaps are on offense. So Michigan does a good job of executing on their possessions. They know they're going to be low. And I think this is a seven-possession game on each side. And, Gary, despite the fact that, that Michigan runs that few plays, that few drives per game, in four games they have 17 trips to the red zone. Yep. So they make it down the, the length yep. of the field early and often in football games. And whenever you're, you're only getting you know eight possessions a game, if you're getting six of those trips to the red zone, that's pretty dang good. The one thing with Michigan – is in 17 trips to the red zone, 13 touchdowns, zero field goals, just a 77% scoring percentage. Now, on the other hand, yep. Nebraska, they have allowed it points every single time the opponent has made it down to the red zone. So it's kind of uh, what's going to break first? Is it going to be Michigan, their inefficiency in the red zone, or is it going to be Nebraska, their inefficiency yeah. in the red zone, the defense? That's a great point, Elijah, because we, we, all, we all get this, and I said this right away on Monday morning, is how is Nebraska going to move the football? Okay. Yeah. How are they going to move the football? But are you more comfortable with Nebraska scoring outside of the red zone or once they get in the red zone against that Michigan defense and it squeezes 
of scoring. Now listen to this. You've got to score big plays, right? Because well, and that's so, kind of how Nebraska's so, offense has been so, so far. It's so difficult. Yeah. Listen to these numbers. Three, seven, six, seven. That's what Michigan has given up in four games. Yep. They have not allowed double digits. Yeah, and only six they, trips into that red zone. They've allowed two touchdowns the entire year. So when we think about how Nebraska is going to win this game with the struggles that Nebraska's had on offense, that is a ferocious well, defense. Well, That's not just a good defense. Yeah. That is a excellent, excellent defense. So points, if this thing, once Michigan gets to – 17, it's game over. Yeah. Well, because you yeah, Mark, Mark, like. Mark, on top of that, yeah. with the, the defense, 10 of those points were in garbage time. Mm -hmm. So you look at it realistically, yeah. they've allowed 13 points when the game is still in contest this year. Yeah, and there's another thing here is let's be honest, Nebraska's two games against Power Five teams, they've scored 10 and they've scored 14. Yeah, yeah. And if now, if, if you look at what Nebraska has a chance at doing today, it's Kind of like you mentioned, things have to happen off script. Best case scenario is the 20 mile an hour wins gust to 40 yeah. and eliminates the passing game. Well, while and, Michigan's going into it well, both times in the football game. Maybe, right? <laughs> yeah. But but it sort of eliminates the passing game and then it just becomes a, a possession brawl. Yeah. And that's all it is. And then at that point, you have a fighting chance. Yeah. But here, here's where I know as we break this down, and there's a lot of things that go against Nebraska. I am convinced that one area where Nebraska will be really good today, and it might just be one guy, but I think Nebraska's interior defensive line will be the best thing that happens for Nebraska. Now, Nash Huttmacher is not the most important player. I think that's a Gifford. I think that's the cornerbacks. They like to eat up the cornerbacks on their run game. So those, so Newsom and Hartzog and those guys are going to have to get, they're going to have to play clean. But I think Gifford has a chance to have a big day. But I will tell you, I think Huttmacher is going to have a big day. And I think Nebraska, one area where they can at least hold the game steady is by working on the interior, the, the Michigan offensive line. They don't have the great center they had last year. They've only given up three sacks in four games, but some will say, well, if you want to poke holes, it's tough to find a hole to poke, but it might be the offensive line. Well, they're going to get their, their stiffest test today. Let's flip it around and talk Nebraska's offensive line. We're here at the bar, Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp with us, and Elijah Herbal, of course, back in studio. We will rope Elijah into postgame. Real Red Reaction follows here at the bar. Bill Goldman standing by and uh, StreamYard up for you. You can stream the show, Hail Varsity YouTube or Hail Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Sarder Heyman powering our road show today. So we talk offensive line. Is is Teddy doing more than, than eight snaps? Is Teddy doing more than 12 snaps? Is, is this the game they've ramped him up for? Well, we all, we all, a, we all talk this. We all talk this. And so... I have said this for a while. Rule gets uncomfortable when Prohaska is brought up. Uh, you're right. He yeah, really he does. just he doesn't. He he kind of bobs and weaves a question. Yeah. With Teddy, it's more mental guys than it is physical. Really. And so it's, it's a mental thing, just getting back to the comfortability of M I can go out there. Getting over yes, his over injury. yes, over the series gotcha. of injuries. So it's more of a mental thing and physical thing. And I think that's where Rule is almost. Even though it looks bad to us because we think Teddy should play, especially for Corcoran, who is 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 hurting his, himself and the team, is it's a mental thing. And Rule and Rule has been pretty consistent on this. He's not going to put guys out there until they're ready, upstairs or downstairs. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's more mental with than physical with Teddy. But with that said, 
I wouldn't be surprised if you see him, his activity ramp up a little bit more today. Well, and, you know, you talk about the offensive line, and I, I thought last week I was, a, frankly, a little bit surprised at the reaction to that game last week. I felt it went great. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I know it was a... Power it, exactly. Yeah. You're happy run the Well, yeah, it's a, weird, exactly. it's a weird conversation. You're right. Yeah. It's a weird conversation to go, man, I don't know about the offensive line, but they, but they ran for 300 yards, mm-hmm. you know? And sprung big ones, yeah. right? Two of them got called back on on downfield blocks, not offensive line stuff. And so I, I thought the cumulative effect of committing to the run game plus mixing in some things that, frankly, not a lot of teams do, which is run their quarterback a lot, could be really effective. Yeah, and, I- and Nebraska right now is sitting at they have the fewest passing yards in all of Power 5 football, and I'm like, halla effing luya. Thank God. Um, I could not be happier about a statistic I, I don't than wanna, I am about I, that statistic. I, I, I don't want to step on your balance. happiness. I, I don't want to have to step balance. on your happiness. But for, like, Elijah, think about this. They've thrown the ball 83 times. There, there are more plays, passing plays, that have been called. I, they've, they've thrown the ball 83 times for only 53%. That's not good numbers. I don't know during the course of the season if that improves, guys. Elijah, I don't know. I don't know if that improves. Which they are what they are. Yeah, which is kind of uncomfortable, well, right, Elijah? And, and there's that element of Husker fans not being used to winning this way. It's been so long since Nebraska's committed to the ground attack that I do think you're going to have to get used to the fact that it's not going to be pretty with the passing attack and it's with the beautiful. offensive line. That being said, Mark, I don't think it's good to be last in college football in anything. I don't, I don't mind. I, it I think at stylistically, all. Nebraska. <laughs> Probably under Matt Rule is not going to be near the top of the charts in, in passing attack ever. While Matt Rule is here, that's not his style. It's not the style he wants to build. On the other hand, I don't think it's good to be last in college football in anything. So with that being said, I want to get Gary's take and, and everyone's take there on just what Heinrich Harburg is because we're going to find out a lot today. And you saw a lot of Husker fans. Gary talked about the fact that in your two Power 5 games this year, you put up 13 points and you put up 10 points. Like, not good enough. Uh, for the, the Husker offense in those games. But then Husker fans will point to the fact that it's Jeff Sims at quarterback and the turnovers that we saw from Jeff Sims. And I'll get your guys' thought on just what Heiner Carberg is because we're going to have a much better idea at the end of the day today. But do you guys think that those poor offensive performances can just be chalked up to the fact that the quarterback was turning the football over? I, I think I'll start and you guys follow. I think Harburg is somebody that's serviceable. I'm not ready to make a determination yet on... He's a Band-Aid versus a guy that can go win seven, eight, nine ball games a year. I, he's had too few starts. This will be start number three for me to mail it in on him. Uh, can he get better as a passer? The, the coaching staff seems to think so. They've let him continue to grind and work, and he's gotten reps for the first time in his career that's non-scout team, and he's improved. I don't know his ceiling. I, I think I don't think his ceiling though is sixty percent. I think his ceiling is a guy that can be a lot like T Magic when it comes to how does he hurt you? It's through play action, but his best strength is running the football, finishing off runs, taking care of the football, and it's gonna be a, a quarterback run first offense and and they gotta be able to be threatening with the pass but not have to rely on it. So I, I'm not ready to to dial or or toss Harburg aside on this. This how does he handle today? 
How does he handle today where it's not going to go well for him running the option? How does he handle today where he's going to be under duress on play action? How does he handle what Michigan has in the back end with their talent, athleticism, and ability to cover uh, when it comes to just being accurate? I think he could have a very rough day, and that's going to be okay as long as Harburg's able to bounce back next Friday. And, and, you know, lots of season left. This is more about the opponent versus his ceiling to me. That's where I'm at with Harburg. I think I think he's a guy that they can win and go bowling with. Is he a guy that is Crouch level? Is he Frost level? Is he Turner Gill level? Is he Joe Gans level? No. And I don't know that he'll be well, that. What can they bring in in future classes? So I think... I think you're right, Ian, I, because he's the best of what I think you got. Heinrich Harburg 2023 is at his ceiling. Remember, he lost a whole year of development. And I think what he is right now is what he's going to be during the course of the season. That doesn't mean what he would look like next year when they have game experience and then they can work with him. He's got some mechanical issues in terms of throwing the football that are going to have to be worked on. I will give him full credit. Him going 100 miles an hour when he's running the football yep. is such a huge thing for this team. Yep. He's, he, and not every ball needs to be pitched, even though we say pitch it, pitch it, pitch it. You know what? He has a good job of reading the defense and holding the mesh point. So he is good at that spot. It's the passing. I just don't know that we're going to get to a guy that can be a really, really successful, relied-upon passer. But in terms of running the football and managing the offense, getting guys in and out of the huddle, I think he's done a really good job and zero turnovers. Today is the day, though, that those strengths are kind of neutralized. And to win this game, you're going to need to hit that big pass. But, oh, by the way, you've got iffy wide receivers and really only true one true weapon, and that's your big tight end who I think needs to have a big day, and that's Fedoni. He doesn't have a lot of help, yeah. to your point. Harburg does not have a lot of help. Harburg, to me, is a throwback to Nebraska's uh, glory days where he is a very effective runner, and he is an okay passer in play action situations is it, specifically. Hey, isn't he Scott Frost? Better, he's, better motion. He's, well, right. When you say Eric Crouch, I'm not saying he's as good as Eric, but yeah. Eric Crouch he, he, was the same option, way. Scott Frost was the same way. Frost ran Jamal physical. Lord was the same yeah. way. Tommy Fraser, to a degree, was the same way. Like, that's, that's how Nebraska isn't throwing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's not their thing, and that's okay. I'm not ready. Where to, you get into I will trouble. Say, I will say, I'm not ready to compare Heinrich Harburg to two national championship winning quarterbacks. Let's lay that out there right now, but back to you. Elijah, Mike. come Stylistically on. Stylistically <laughs> is where he's going. Elijah, come on. You know that, yeah, that's not, you're not giving me the benefit of the doubt there, brother. Come on. Like, <laughs> he, he's, I am not saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying in their style, in that they are good runners. They are runners, first quarterbacks. They have arm strength, but do not ask them to drop back and dice up a secondary. Don't do that. Okay. If you don't, if you don't make them do that, guess what? You're not going to get stuck from behind on a blind side because your left tackle's playing Ole, right? You're not going to get drilled. You're not going to fumble the ball. You're not going to throw picks. Just don't call those. Be who the hell you are. And that's what they are under Harburg. Under Harburg, yeah. they are run, 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 play action. That's it. Nothing more. Well, and I, I also think here, so to help Harburg out a little bit, he's under duress. They really can't drop him back because you got a offensive line unit as a fivesome that cannot hold blocks for longer than three seconds. So, but Nebraska's right. wide receivers. So quick Nebraska, call and drop backs. Well, but they, they got to they they try something. something. So you have, no, you but you have, 
and here's another problem that, that compounds Harburg in the passing game is you don't have wide receivers that can get off being held up at the line of scrimmage. No. So everything is a slow, developing route. Yep. And so if you don't have an offensive line that can hold off pressure for more than three seconds, you're in a world of hurt. Well, simply yeah. put, you have a left tackle throwing lookout blocks. And if you haven't heard that one before, that's an old coachingism, where uh, <laughs> your left tackle, you'd be better suited just turning around and saying, look out! Let me ask this. Okay, so we're talking about some takeaways today, not just literally with the Nebraska defense, but and, and Bill laid it out when we're asking about Nebraska, are they ready yet? And what do we know about this game? What's Nebraska going to learn? And you learn that the option is, is going to be a, a viable part moving forward of your offense. You learn that the defense, and you know that the defense is good, because I think the defense will keep Nebraska in it for a little bit. I just don't know if it's Colorado 2.0 or not in the second half. And you are in part of this transition for year one. I like your point, Gary, about the interior, Cranach, and I like your take on just what what Harburg is stylistically. As we look at Nebraska right now and we kind of figure out all of their deficiencies between getting off a press coverage, between holding blocks long enough to let play action develop, yep. and then being accurate with the football when guys are open, what the hell do you do if you're Satterfield? Because there's been a, a line of people towards Satterfield, and it's been pinata time because the jury's out on Satterfield as well. What do you do if you're Satterfield and you're so limited? Yeah, but okay, so I, I know the angst towards Satterfield, and trust me, I had angst when he was hired. Yeah. Um, is It simply comes down to they based a lot of what they were going to do this year on that offensive line being a good pass pro unit and run blocking, but also one guy running the show that was going to be fine for you. So now they are into plan B, and they're using a quarterback that really they didn't expect to use. They thought they would have two other wide receivers. They're not here. So they're in a little bit of scramble mode. I will give Satterfield credit for this. If you go back to the game against Louisiana Tech, they tried a lot of different stuff to try and run the football. They tried a lot of different things, whether it be option, whether it be duo, right. you yes. know, whether it be personnel packages. Yes. So I give him credit for that. So I don't think we can judge Satterfield at Nebraska yet because I don't think what Nebraska is doing right now, they want to run the football. But I don't think it's truly what they want to be. It's just what they have to be right now to try and win a football game. Yeah, and and default to that, right? Like, like alter what you're doing to exactly yeah. what you just said. It's not system over everything. Yep. It's week win by week. this week, yeah. right? And winning this week is not going to include Harburg on a five-step drop. That's not going to get you a win, right? That's going to, in fact, almost guaranteed loss if you play like that. But I think you nailed something, Gary, that I really appreciate about this group. And you, you had it under Frost, too. But it's a commitment to creativity in the run game, right? It's not just it's not just power and muscle and, you know, run them over. It is misdirection. It is deception. It is keeping the defense on their toes. It is pairing running plays together, something that Tom Osborne was the absolute master of. Scott Frost, I think, also was very yep. good at that. A lot of the runs that Nebraska had when they had good offensive line play, those were well blocked, nobody touching the guy, right? And that's not just being physical. That is being smart and being strategic about it. And you, and fr from what I've heard, at least from Harburg, Rule, Satterfield, it seems like they're really going to school on that stuff right now. Yep. Like they're really trying to figure it out. 
and not just have a token running game, but have a very diverse, tough to defend, unpredictable, you know, variety laden run game. And who knows? Maybe they've been holding some stuff back for today where you can break one on some sort of Michigan tendency that they've found. I don't know. But I know points are going to be hard to come by. And Nebraska's best bet is keep it on the ground, keep it on the ground, let the clock tick, punt if you have to, keep it low scoring. Uh-huh. That's your only hope. Hey, uh, Schmidt Elijah, should we refer to what Cranick just said here? Bill Callahan, 20, 2006? USC? 2006 USC. Yep. Brought it up yesterday. Right? Yeah. Well, and here's why I hated that game plan, because I thought that team in 06 had a better chance they when better, they went to USC. Now, there was a good talent. USC team, but I didn't like that game plan of already waving the white flag or Jones talking smack before the week. But they were the, the if you if you think about it, I know some won't want to hear this. The next four games are more important than today. today. That's, oh, yeah. So it's big picture. So get in, get out, try and get some hope, some movement. Stay healthy and get ready for a four-game stretch that decides if you extend your season to December. You can build confidence off it today, and they're not going to say at 10th and Vine, moral victory time. But honestly, to me, that's what you're going to get out alive, get out healthy, go toe-to-toe with Michigan, see if you can push them into the fourth quarter, and and then be ready. you got to take next Friday in Champaign. And and, and today we'll prep you for the rest of your season because this is the best you're going to see. The most important thing, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, is that when Nebraska wakes up one week from today, they're 3-3. Three three and three. Three. But, hey, real quick, the USC game, 06, for those not familiar, our younger listeners, um, <laughs> Nebraska at USC in 06, it was the most vanilla play call game you've ever seen in your life. And it was literally just handoff left, handoff right, handoff left, handoff right just trying to, to you know milk the game clock that's what i'm saying though about the variety of run game what made that approach so terrible was that there was not any yeah. variety there was not an attempt at misdirection there was not getting a quarterback involved there were it wasn't a sophisticated ground attack it was just you know hope you don't get blown out right like that was the whole approach and hey. I, I from what i've seen with this offense and under satterfield is that you know they're, they're going to be a little more creative than that, and you might be able to catch a guy or catch a team every now and then and break a big one. Well, if you're Bill Callahan and you purchase an entire rock and say pound the rock, <laughs> I, I think you got to commit to that rushing attack. Yeah, you know, but he I did. Just, but it was it but, just wasn't a very. But it was it was like let's get this game, let's just get it over with. Nobody gets hurt and let's go home. Yeah. It to, was, to be fair, yeah. that USC game is like. You're going back. That's like the earliest, some of the earliest Husker memories I have. So, I mean, he's a 24-year-old. They're talking to, like, the, the youngest person in Nebraska that probably still remembers the USC game. That's why I had to reset that for you. And yep. speaking of USC, they're up 34-14 on Prime at halftime. It's, so, uh, that's it's a not bad. ugly. Urban wants to be uh, somewhere with a headset right now. Sharpie, we... Uh, Need a prediction here? Does Nebraska cover the number as we close our 17? Got about 90 seconds. Okay, so you're saying 17. That's so what I, I I've been in the range of 27-10 uh, all week, so no. But ride the under train. Yeah. Michigan is 0-4. What is the over-under? Under? 39. 39. Ne- uh, Nebraska's gone under 3 of 4. That low total tells you what Vegas thinks of Nebraska's offense. Nebraska gets 3. But does Nebraska hit yeah. the team total? Nebraska's team total is 10 and a half. a lime? 
Hey, uh, Chris is asking for a lime with yeah, his uh, Modelo. I'm asking, will Nebraska hit the team total? And he's asking for a lime. It's yeah. priorities on a football Saturday. Hit the, hit the team total, 10 and a half. Under. <laughs> yeah, I'll go over on that. Elijah? Under. All right. I got, guys I have, got seven. I got seven points for Nebraska today. Guys, have fun. How do they score a touchdown, Elijah? Anthony Grant. Defense. Anthony Grant. This game's made for Anthony Grant. No, I, I agree. I think that Michigan is going to key heavy on the quarterback in any option or any zone read type thing. I think Anthony Grant needs to have a big it's, game. It's Fedoni. And I'll hey, add to that. I think Nebraska gets a, a, a big play. Matt to get, tribute. Big play to get you down into the red zone. Nebraska is able to punch it in uh, from inside the red zone, but I think that's all they get. It's a first half touchdown. Uh, I know. Real quick here, prop bet: Harburg or Grant has more rushing yards. Grant. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to go Grant too. Grant. I'll take Grant as well. I got him as well. That's a foursome. Iron Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, Mark Cradak, Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, weekend edition of Hale Varsity. Hour two coming up as we're here at the bar, 16th and P. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, the weekend edition trudges forward. It's like one of those vintage Nebraska drives. We're into hour two here at the bar, 16th and P. The bar, the bar, you're invited out. Ahead of kickoff and, of course, to revel in or maybe cry in a beer later with Michigan coming to town. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal, and from his football office, the sanctuary with Counter Reed, Brandon Vogel joins us. Had Brandon L. Vogel. Big thanks to Gary Sharp for popping by in hour one. Big thanks to our friends at Sauter Heyman for powering this roadshow and our friends at the bar. They have brought Lazari's pizza down. It's incredible. And uh, the I, I asked for a beer. Okay. I asked for a beer. That was Seth over my shoulder. Seth and Greg, they've had uh, Lazari's in the bar for a number of years. We love them dearly. I asked him for a, a, a lime, Cranach and Bill. Yeah. And, and he kind of gave me this John Belushi-type eyebrow raise. <laughs> and... I needed it for my Modelo before I just get the, oh, you're high maintenance. No, I, I like lime in my Mexican beer. It's it's awesome. Well, one boy had to go get a case. <laughs> Comes walking through the side door with a case of lime. But I, I have my lime wedge. Brandon Vogel is with us. Vogue's yay or nay when it comes to lime in your Mexican beer. Well, yay, but I would never make somebody... Prep an entire like <laughs> bar bar cube of limes just for me. Uh, like you tried to head off the high maintenance thing, Schmitty, but denied. No, no they, they they were out. They were out of lime, so we had to go get them anyway. Okay. You don't well, as long me. as they were going to have to do it anyway, I suppose it's okay. That's pretty funny, Vogues. Saturday's here, bud. Number two, Michigan's in, and, and we've talked about the timeline of this ball game. Not only where Nebraska's at in the game five, what Michigan is coming off, really a nice, this is year three of kind of a pinnacle of what they've become under this Harbaugh plan, but how long can you 
can you stay in the ring if you're Nebraska? And I know you've thought about that a lot this week. Yeah, I have. I think the I think the key number for Nebraska in the first half is five. Um, every five play drive from Nebraska, and there might only be five drives total between the two teams. This might be Minnesota part two. Uh, I would consider a win because it means one, you didn't go three and out. So that means you got at least one first down. Um, two, it might mean you scored in five plays, which, hey, that'd be great. Um, but it seems, well, I mean, Nebraska has shown some big playability, um, particularly with the quarterback run game. So that's intriguing. But three, and, you know, you don't want to say this, but like, if it's a five play drive that ends in a turnover, unless it's a pick six, well, at least you got that first first down um, or, or a second first down. So, I mean, really like that's that's kind of the building blocks of this game. And it's why I think Nebraska, assuming the defense, which, you know, Colorado offensively is good. Um, Michigan offensively is good. Debate if you want which one is better, but this is the best team front to back that that nebraska has played so we're going to find out if that defense can can hold up to the, to the degree that it has because so far it's been it's been pretty excellent and brandon some new questions emerging today surrounding that husker defense this coming out about half an hour ago luke reimer and cam linhart both out for this game against michigan oh. they're not going to be in action what That's does that tough. mean to you whenever you look at what this husker defense faces in michigan yeah, it's it's. I mean, you're facing the number two team in the country without what I think is their best player in in Reimer. Um, we've seen what Lindhart can do early on in his you know still very young career, but they they played without him before. Like it's it's one of those things where. Uh, the, the the sum of the parts have to you know or the the whole piece the whole picture Nebraska defensively. Um, you got to be able to withstand some of those things and you're going to, you know, miss a couple of plays that, you know, a, a player like Reimer probably just would make. Um, if they happen to be a missed tackle that goes for a 60, 65 yard rushing touchdown, then yeah, it becomes pretty apparent. But I think one of the good things about Nebraska so far defensively is that it, it hasn't been uh, a, a defensive performance dominated by a handful of guys. Um, it, it really is kind of, they're, they're doing this as a, as a team defense, uh, which I know can be a cliche, but when I watch the games, like it jumps out to me each week and I've seen it four weeks now. Brandon Vogel is with us on the weekend edition of Hale Varsity. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Brandon, you mentioned Reimer. So less Reimer means more who? Uh, I mean, who, who do we see? Who, who's taking those snaps from me? Is that, is that good? You know, I get confused with Gabor and yeah, who is it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if Ernest, Ernest. Ernest Hausman wants to swap swap blue for red for a game, that would be um, great. He, he knows where everything is. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's probably going to fall to Henrich for the for the most part, and, and that's okay. He's played he's played a lot of football too, um, you know. And then you kind of got to knock knock that down the line to um, just kind of mix and match. I think, which is what Nebraska has really been doing at that those linebacker spots, minus kind of well, Luke certainly, and and Nick as well. So. I think, like, like I said, it's always hard to tell, like, when you're going to notice, you know, oh, that's a play that Reimer would have made. But it's it's the plays that you may not notice that, that kind of add up that you have to consider, too. So it's a tough break for Nebraska, but 
at the end, what are you going to do? Like, like I said, I think team wise, they played enough players defensively that it's not like, well, there's, there's a gaping hole in the boat now and we're taking on water before the game even starts. I, and I think and the bigger real concern, quick, uh, real, real quick on the yeah. depth chart, it's, it's Javen, right? Or is it Javen or Javen? He, we know yet? Bo- Buddha's played well. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's done on the, really on the well. depth chart. So that probably means a little bit more of him today. But sorry, continue, Elijah. I think the bigger question, less than who fills in at Reimer, I think you have a couple of options there. And Nash Hutmacher's been doing a really good job keeping the uh, the offensive guards off of the linebackers this year. I think those guys are going to be free to make some plays. I think Linhart might be the bigger loss, despite the fact that I think Reimer is the better player. Because I look at what Nebraska has at defensive ends. That's going to leave a lot of pressure on guys like Gunnarsson, Kai Wallen, I mean, Riley Van Poppel, guys that haven't seen a lot of football. I know Linhart's a freshman, but he's impressed whenever he's come in. And now I worry about what Michigan's going to try to do with that off-tackle running because they have a couple of big tackles that love run blocking. And I worry that Nebraska's going to have the size and the depth of that defensive end spot to be able to hold up against that. And then you start worrying about needing to roll a safety down into the box or having your safeties play downhill, which opens up what J.J. McCarthy loves to do on play action. You know, Len Hall. Yeah, those those are those are all real concerns. Um, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. Michigan's right starting right tackles listed as questionable, so we'll we'll see if if, if he ends up going. But that was the uh, was that I the mean, Stanford transfer? Yep. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Michigan's got great depth. Um, they they Jim Harbaugh since 2021 has really built <laughs> a really strong program that plays football in a way that. You know, had the USC Colorado game on, um, and, and boy, is that going to be different from what I think we're about to see here in, oh, yeah. in an hour or so. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's credit credit to Jim Harbaugh on that. So, and again, it's just questionable. Um, so they'll probably try and give him a go. But yeah, Nebraska. You know, it, it's 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 rotated guys in anyway up front defensively, but. That depth, it's, it's just not quite there yet. So you do worry about that. Um, Michigan's had, you know, the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line the past two seasons as the top O-line in the country. It was always going to be a big ask, and it would be nice to have somebody who's as, as dynamic as what we've seen from Lenhart. Brandon, they, I would agree that the defensive depth is, is not necessarily there, but at least we know the names of those who will be in there. I mean, if you go back two weeks when uh, when Matt Rule came to the press conference and said Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson are both out for the rest of the season, people were diving deep into the Nebraska depth charts and, and media guides and trying to figure out, well, who's next, right? And, uh, they, oh, yeah, that's right. Emmett Johnson is still in the program. And who's the guy that they recruited from from Connecticut? At least we know, okay, well, Riley Van Poppel's played. A.J. Rollins is played. Um, we know that uh, Gunnarsson and, and Hutmaker have all been very serviceable. So there are names that have already gotten some seasoning as opposed to the situation that we saw, we saw two weeks ago play out at running back, which they're still trying to figure out what to do. So I, I think that they may be a little bit more comfortable when they say, well, Cam Linhart can't go again, but A.J., now it's time to prove yourself. And Riley Van Pop and all those guys, and Javin Wright, if it's not going to be um, uh, uh, Luke Reimer today, Maybe they should get JoJo Dolman back. Does he have any? Cause that's a perfect uh, game for him right now. But JoJo would. He was would, around forever. Would be incredible in this defense. Right, right. But, but at least we know who that we will rely on today, as opposed to trying to do a deep dive and remember who's around. 
Yeah, and that, and, and that is an early departure from what we had seen previously at, at, at Nebraska. And, you know, it's um, it helps a little bit now, you know, when you you lose a Reimer and a Linhart. And, you know, this is the first year we've had official uh, injury reports out from the Big Ten, which is a nice feature. Uh, I appreciate that. But um, it's going to benefit Nebraska, obviously, you know, sort of an obvious point, but benefit Nebraska down the road. It, it kind of gets, you know, we can mention it here, but at the end of the year, we're going to look at this and look at how many guys played um, and, and realize that they're really setting the stage, I think, for, for things that are to come. That said, like, I, I look at this, I look at this game um, and, and Michigan's, you know, very good. Um, not saying that they're not, but I think Nebraska kind of has put themselves in a position to have a shot. Um, if things, you know, turnovers and explosive plays always have a way to really swing games and, and make them look out of the ordinary. Um, but if things play pretty straight up, like I, I expect Nebraska to, to get its punches in. I really do. Yeah, so that's an interesting comment there, Brandon, if you just look at the, the rankings and the records and the stats and all those things. But what what does make you say that, I guess, with, you know, Nebraska clearly being a 17-point dog? Um, is it a style thing? It, it, or or yeah. what makes you think that Nebraska has a, a decent shot today? Uh, mostly style, and, and I think what what the preferred kind of game state is for both of them. Michigan's only averaging – uh, nine drives a game when you take out kneel downs into half drives um, and, and they haven't been in a close game. So, so those things haven't mattered at the end of games. Um, nine drives, Nebraska's averaging 11. Um, like, so, you know, we'll go back to the key number of five for five play drives are kind of my marker of success for Nebraska on offense. Let's say there are five drives. If Michigan gets three of them. Yeah, if they score touchdowns on all three, uh, you're up 21 nothing, 21-7, um, probably. Okay, that, that, that's, that's Michigan in control. But they got to score touchdowns on all three drives. I mean, there's just not going to be a ton of opportunities here. For, so for a 17-point spread, like Michigan basically, assuming Nebraska scores some points, now if they get shut out, that's a different equation. But um, – Michigan has to be pretty perfect on offense. And unless they're going to do that via the big play, like, don't you like Nebraska's defensive chances based on what we've seen so far? And I'm not implying you don't, Mark. I'm just <laughs> rhetorically. Um, don't you like Nebraska's defensive ch- or chances on defense to get a couple of stops? They get two stops in the first half. This this is a game at halftime. And, and that was one of my keys for the week is, like, be within a touchdown at halftime. You're at home. Uh, you're facing the number two in the two team in the country, and, and let's see what happens from there. Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Reed. Can find Vogue's and Aaron Sorensen's tremendous work. CounterReed.com. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon L Vogel. Our dear friend Julie to my left is. We are moving out of the uh, the line of fire as some Husker fans are. Going to play some darts here at the bar, the bar, before we <laughs> get uh, ready for kickoff. And Well, the guy uh, said that, that we won't miss on purpose. I don't know how many uh, slinkies they've had is the question. <laughs> and they got to aim for that middle dartboard crane. <laughs> hey, well, let, let, let me follow up on what Brandon just said. If the game is close at half, I think this Nebraska football team is so much different than the one we've seen the last two seasons where they might even lead at halftime. But you would see them come out of the locker room for the third quarter, and you just 
they just had this air about them that they were going to lose it. Yeah. And I don't get the sense that this team would come out of the locker room if it's close thinking we don't have a chance. Yeah. I think if they think they have it, they believe it. You know, yeah. I, that's I can think fair. about the Illinois game and the Minnesota game where it's like they just came out flat and they were ahead and they played well for 30 minutes, but they just thought we're not going to get Something's it done. Something's going to go wrong. Yeah, I don't think this team believes that has that mentality. Bogues, I want to get a no. I don't think you. they have that mentality either. And in terms of results, like the the numbers for Nebraska, the, the first and second half splits on offense are <laughs> almost unbelievable. Uh, 64th in rushing on a yards per carry basis, fourth in the second half nationally. Uh, Their explosive play rate doubles in the second half. And, you know, some of that might just be a little early season, like 12 games for college football season is a small sample size. We've only got four. Um, But so far, it's, it's been, you know, I mean, that Minnesota game was, it becomes more telling, I think, in that regard as we go on because you have that interception you have this big opportunity to to tie that game or to take the lead in that game um right before half and get the ball back coming out well you throw an interception an unforgivable interception in the end zone previous nebraska teams would have been sunk at that point i really think so um this one came out went down the field took the lead basically controlled the entire second half until turnovers did them in again so uh, made some progress, still haven't eliminated that turnover piece of it. Bogues, I want to get your thought before we get you out. And what what do you expect from the Nebraska offense and, and Harburg? I mean, what's, what's real and what's extraordinary and what is somewhere in between? What, what can they do against this Michigan D? He's carried... 20 plus times in both games so far so um, that's probably probably a pretty good place to start which seems like a unsustainable number but it's it, you know it worked against two g5 opponents now now let's see what happens against the top five a top five opponent um i think it's important for nebraska and we've seen them try this a little bit and even saw them had some success with it against colorado like everyone knows nebraska is one of the run heaviest teams in the country but we've seen them occasionally try to throw a little bit on first down. I think that's important against a defense like Michigan. This, this Michigan defense is, is excellent um, in terms of most of the categories you look at. They, they have given up a, a handful of big plays, more than you'd expect, um, against the schedule that you know we're all well aware of. They haven't been challenged a ton to this point. So... You might go uh, if, if you're Nebraska with Harburg and you think you can scheme some things, particularly early on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw a little bit on, on first down and, and try and hit some stuff. Remember talking about like 75-yard touchdown out of the gates. You'll take it. Um, but 16, 17, 18-yard game, you know. And, and we've seen a handful of those. The Colorado game started that way. Um, so I, I would expect them to have something similar there but for the most part they're going to keep this on the ground um I, you might see a little bit more option i think and just find out if if michigan's ready to defend it they probably will be and, and even if they're not totally ready uh they're a lot faster bigger and stronger than the louisiana tech or northern illinois it's brandon vogel with us here a saturday pregame edition nebraska michigan getting you geared up as we're only about an hour away from kickoff. And Brandon, reports from down at the stadium, Dylan Riola is on site today. Can he suit up? 
<laughs> um, Georgia might Dylan, take exception Dylan's with there? that. Really? Okay. Dylan is there but, along uh, with Dayton and along with D- Dominic. Yeah, Dayton's visiting. I saw the tweet from Old Man Dom this morning that that Dayton was going. I didn't know that the Dylan rolled by. Yeah, Dylan is still taking pictures with Husker fans, so good for him. I've seen some pictures on Twitter. <laughs> well, he's transferring back here in 2026. <laughs> 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 Thanks Obviously. to the South I mean... Stadium Project. <laughs> yeah. Georgia-Auburn, that's a 3-30 game, right? Clean, old-fashioned hate. He's, he's not even watching the dogs. I think no. he's coming. I think it's done. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh. gosh. Good. The Dylan Rayola watch. Good. Dayton. Part Rayo. two. Da- Dayton no, Rayo. no, no. I'm No, the Dylan. Part two. There's a good chance Matt Rule will be able to talk to him postgame and see see that offense. Son, you can see we, it up tomorrow. Son, we want you. Yeah, I, I get the Dayton thing. I'm. Let's just throw it out there. Part two. Do. It ain't over. <laughs> Look at Kramer. It ain't over. <laughs> Well, where they flipped the kid from Papillion the other day, right? Exactly. Ingerson, which, by the way, Ingerson, the kid that the guy, I, I believe it's Eric Ingerson, I went to high school with his dad. His dad Does was his a. his father speak to you? His father, uh, I mean, I, it's not like we're friends or anything. He's a couple okay. years older. His name was Mike Ingerson, and he was a horse. I mean, the dude was, <laughs> seriously, he was like starting tight end like three or four years in a row. He was probably 6'3, 220 ish. Or a tank top, benched. A buzz cut, just nobody messed with him, man. He, he tied in and defensive end, and then he ended up playing, I believe, at Northwest Missouri State. So he cut. I, I can confirm that the younger Ingerson comes from stock, and he apparently sounds like he's uh, bigger. Did, did, that, faster. did that flip not make you a little bit worried about the Carter Nelson recruitment? Just a little bit? No. No, bit? because Nebraska Nebraska produces like 48 tight ends a year now, and it's but just like Carter, whatever. If you're Carter if you can Nelson, get a couple of them, cool. If you're Carter Nelson and you're watching the Nebraska offense, you're like, eh, it's a little fuzzy. Oh, wait a minute. Tight end could score in three straight games. So All I'm saying is, does that not make you a little worried that the Husker coaching staff maybe is hedging their bets there a little bit? I'm, I'm wondering what's going on behind the scenes in the Nelson recruitment. I think they want three that. tight ends in the offense like you're going to see from Michigan today. Yeah, but, no, I think it's because you play a lot of tight ends. You, you all, you, you've also talked about the, that kid's size, like 6'7", 250 or more, and growing, that he may not be a tight end in the, of the, for the future that there may be a, more of a spot along the offensive line for the Ingerson kid. Uh, or, or the defensive him. line. Or the defensive line. We saw that with A.J. Right. Rollins already. But that, he is a big, big dude, right? So I, I think that there's they got him for multiple reasons. And I think Carter – look, mom and dad are going to tell Carter, we have it in the budget that we're only going to drive to Lincoln. We're not flying, okay? And dad can't go to games if – you're going to go someplace else. So if Lincoln is convenient for the Nelson family. I, I said that. I thought that was a key to their his recruitment way back when. And they even said that. It's easier for my parents to go watch me play. Nebraska's not moving any closer to Georgia last I saw. <laughs> Brandon Vogel with his counter-read. Vogues, tell the folks about counter-read and all the uh, awesome insight that you provide, you and Aaron provide each week. Uh, tell folks where to sign up. And then what are you cooking or smoking today? 
Yeah, uh, you can sign up at counterread.com. It's a, a twice-weekly newsletter uh, for, for subscribers. Do a couple of extra things each week, too, to, to let everybody take a look. But one of those things is uh, Thursday Thursday game preview um, each week during football season, which I, I really enjoy doing. Try to take a little bit of a, a different approach to, to doing that. So... Uh, you can sign up. You can check it out. Uh, you can sign up as a free subscriber um, and, and see see what you think. Um, and then, of course, you know we're we're very happy to to have the support of our, our paid subscribers as well. Um, so you can check all the stuff out out there. Ended up doing about we're doing about four or five posts a week. Um, so that's what it's looking like. Uh, in terms of the uh, kitchen kitchen corner at this point, uh, going with chili today. It was kind of uh, everything in the pantry. Okay everything in the pantry type of chili um using the pressure cooker for the first time gonna see if we can uh shorten the uh you know the the chili taste better the next day factor see if we can eliminate that by by putting it under a little bit of pressure so so real quick on that so a tex-mex style like the beans and the ground beef sort of base is that what you're talking about Mm -hmm. yeah so You, you just entered my world. I, I defer to you on all other on yeah, all other cooking techniques, all other recipes. I defer to you. I'm just going to suggest a couple things if you have them. Lemon pepper, mm-hmm. not just for fish and chicken. <laughs> Refried, if you got them, for one of the beans. Thickener. Cocaine. Enchilada sauce. Enchilada uh, I'm a big. I'm a, you know, we talked last week. I'm a big enchilada fan, so that's that's going to happen on the next batch. Pour in a can. You guys do realize it's 90 degrees outside, and nobody makes chili when it's above 50. Well, that's a great point. I, I think. I mean, it, I'm I think, pro chili. Yeah. It's 90 degrees outside. I mean, I think I think it's still acceptable. I think it's still acceptable. It's Texas. Okay, it's yeah. Tex-Mex. It's 90 degrees in Texas every day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Touche. Great yeah. How many uh, world championships of O Street do you have? I just got the one at O'Rourke's, and then uh, and then I got uh, twice though at a couple of different. But, but spots. I have yeah, I have two other championships. I've entered four things. I've won three. I'm not saying that I'm the best <laughs> chili, chili guy man, in the world. You know? I'm just saying I have a 75 percent <laughs> championship percentage. That's all I'm saying. That's I mean, <laughs> kind of speaks for itself. In that it really does. It really pepper. does. What else? Oh, refried. Refried. Okay. There's a bunch of other things too, but those are kind of some uh, some differentiators. If you want a thicker chili, right? Get some refried in there. Want some zest? Get some lemon pepper, and then you want that just Mexican enchilada sauce. I have gone over to Casa de Cranax, and I have I have witnessed the the chili tornado, where your kitchen is just you're about. A day or so removed from making your world famous chili. It's where there's remnants of that. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's It's usually like 30 plus ingredients. I know. Yeah. And if you'd like more information on this, it'll be on the director's cut of today's show. (laughs) I I, I always got to ask Vogel because he's doing short ribs (laughs) or something awesome. Uh, counterread.com slash chili. Yes. <laughs> I'm just we seeing. Do, we don't I, have a chili correspondent geez. yet. I'm just trying to see if I can maybe, you know, we will jump in there. We'll get a t-shirt ready. Yeah. At Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. <laughs> Counterread. I about said chili read. Counterread.com. Vogues, enjoy your football, buddy. Thanks for coming on and talking football and chili with us. 
You too, guys. Thanks. <laughs> See ya. There he is, Brandon Vogel. We're here at the bar, 16th and P. Weekend edition rolls forward. We'll have a rewind coming up of Blake Corum. You'll be watching or listening to him today do some things at Michigan. Incredible back. We'll have some final thoughts uh, prediction-wise or maybe some things to watch for. That's Mark Cranach, Bill Dolan, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, and we're here at 16th and P, the bar, the bar. Real Red Reaction follows immediately after Nebraska-Michigan. We'll be here at the bar for that. If Nebraska pulls off the impossible, if Nebraska puts up a good fight, or if Michigan does what Michigan's done to so many, uh, we'll be here at the bar for it. Our friends at Sauter Heyman powering this roadshow. A quick timeout. Some more thoughts on the way with Hale Varsity Weekend. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. We're here at the bar, 16th and P. The bar, the bar, having us here for the Weekend Edition pregame. We're back here for real red reaction following Nebraska-Michigan. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Billy D. Right of Fairbury, Bill Dolman off to the stadium. Gary Sharp off to the stadium. Brandon Vogel is diving into Chile. And uh, we didn't ask Bra- <laughs> we didn't ask Vogues about marbling. No, we did not. <laughs> yeah, I-, I heard you gentlemen talking about golden retrievers uh, earlier this week on the on the Hale Varsity Let's not go show. There. And- we were talking. I was going to get my wife since it was our anniversary a third dog. Right. And I was just wondering about the marbling of said dog, <laughs> if it came down to it and you had to uh, consume one. Uh, because on last week's show, we established that bulldogs, that's uh, probably a good, uh, like if you have to eat a dog, you know, might not be a bad one. Just for the uh, the richness, the fat content, right? The general tenderness that that could lead to if prepared properly. So just add, add, add some lemon pepper, right? <laughs> and, and some enchilada sauce. <laughs> and if you want to thicken it up, throw in some refried. Yeah. That's funny. Hey, if you have Eddie Murphy party all the time on the bingo card for part of your pregame hits, put that bingo square down. It is definitely playing right now. Uh, Eddie Murphy, like I, I and Rick this, and Rick James. Yeah, I thought this might have been the start of his music career, but it was kind of the start and the end. Yeah, uh, but it still it out. still found its way to the top ten. Uh, but it was a one and done, and Eddie Murphy's music career in Colorado football seemed to be shaking hands today. Let's see, where is Colorado? Oh, they're down forty-one twenty-one right now. That was now my final score, USC. but they're 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 pushing right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, that one was a perfect storm. I still believe after watching that game that I, I don't view Colorado as Good. better than Nebraska. I just I really don't. Um, I think if you played that game ten times, Nebraska would probably win more of them. Mm-hmm. If, if they had to do over again. Yeah, if, big if, they don't turn it over a bunch, right? But I think that's all that happened there, and then they wore down second half. Do you, do you? I mean, I, that's my concern. I think the defense can play hard, can play well, but I'm I'm concerned about what they're going to be asked to do. Let's 
wrap it up with that. And uh, again, rewind coming up. Blake Corum, our sit down with me and Elijah. Got a chance to talk to Blake Corum from Michigan at Media Days. Great dude. He'll get into the atmosphere he remembers about Lincoln two years ago. There was so much hope and excitement as Nebraska came in three, you know, two years ago, three and three. And it was a turn the corner moment. That's not what today is. But it is about, all right, where are you at this season? Now you're into game five. Fellas, I think Nebraska's kind of where they're at offensively, and they'll make do with what they got. Back to the chili ingredients. Nebraska's working with some some bland ingredients right now to try and beef up a, that, that bowl of chili. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is if you look at Nebraska versus Michigan, you can talk about all the mental states and how you call the plays and those things all you want, but, you know, Michigan's got way better players and they're way better coached. And that's kind of it, right? Mm-hmm. So Nebraska could actually play a perfect game and still lose <laughs> today. Well, here's the thing. Right? If they could not the, turn it over. They could rush for 250 and still lose. If, if we're using the you chili know? analogy, Michigan is making their chili with tomatoes fresh from the garden. They went and, and, and got fresh beef got, from, a, got from a, a green, local market. They've got a greenhouse, uh, Elijah. It, it's all fresh ingredients. It's fantastic. And Nebraska's working with store-bought canned tomatoes, some frozen ground <laughs> beef. Uh, you know, vegetables that were freeze-dried before. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can still make a winning chili recipe with that. Is it going to beat the homemade one? Salt not, nece- not necessarily, but if you have the right cook cooking, and I think Nebraska has the right cooking, Matt Rule, and we'll see what Marcus Satterfield does is that advisory role, kind of the backseat cooking. The, they're they're the in the kitchen, chef. too, and, and yeah, preparing <laughs> all the vegetables and whatnot. We'll see what he can do there. But you can still make a chili that tastes pretty dang good. Is it going to beat the one made with the top-of-the-line ingredients? No, probably not. But, hey, if the chef on the other end has an off day whenever he's preparing those top-of-the-line ingredients, you can still screw that chili up and give the other chili a chance. So I, I think that's a decent chili analogy. It's not my best work, but I, I think it works on a day like today. You can make a good taste in chili. It doesn't mean it's going to win, but you can still make a good taste in chili with some poor ingredients. Well, Nebraska's working with salt and pepper. That's the defense. Yep. Right? And, and that is the run game. Yep. I mean, that's that's the basics right now for Nebraska. And uh, I, what do you guys anticipate the, the atmosphere being like? Elijah, you're going down here in a little bit. Cranach, you're going with family, and that'll be awesome. I'm uh, venturing down as well, and I think the, the, the buzz most of this week will not equal the juice once things get going, especially if there's something big that happens in Nebraska's favor the first five minutes. When, when those helmets and uniforms come out on the field from Michigan, it stirs things up, right? It'll stir up the fan base. I think that, I mean, it'll be a very energetic fan base today. You got, you got winds out of the south, southwest, 20 to 25 miles an hour, so right out of the south end zone. Um, and you have 94-some degrees. So I think there's going to be some factors that maybe aren't typical of games that – maybe help balance things a little bit more in Nebraska's favor. And if that's the case, I think Nebraska fans will stay in it because it doesn't seem like Michigan is the type of team to just commence with a blowout right when the right when the first whistle blows. And, and they're, they're, it's not that they aren't good at big plays, but I'm watching USC where they are just carving up Colorado with simple dig routes, crossing patterns, and then 
deep. I mean, Michigan has the ability with some wheel routes and their tight end play to get deep. Corum can take it to the house because of his talent level as well. But Michigan's more methodical. Yeah. And Nebraska's been pretty good against the big play. It kind of got... It kind of fell down a little bit uh, against Colorado. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not sure you could hear it because the environment of our – you just ran right through the bed. We're actually need to get out here if we have time for quorum. Okay. I am so sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear it. It's, it's loud. We're at the bar. I big thanks to so. the bar for What's having I? us out here. Uh, big thanks to Sauter Heyman for uh, putting us out here. Blake Corum on the way. Kickoff. Real red reaction from the bar afterwards here on KFOR.